It's all about kicking back, relaxing, and enjoying the show. Take the time out of your day to listen to new music and the new sound of radio. Tune in every day, all day, for the greatest hits, latest news, and community events that you can be a part of. MoncoRadio.com, where music and minds meet. Hi everybody, it's Gene Simmons. You're listening to The Kiss Room on Monco Radio, but you knew that. The music of Kiss is catchy, horny, and hot. It's the soundtrack of those who want to rock and roll all night. And that's why we always lick it up. You wanted the best and you got it! The highest band in the land! Kiss Army, you wanted the best and you got the best. I am Matt Porter. We are live in the Kiss Room. I got Bobby oh, Dreyer, yeah. of course. And on the phone, I'm absolutely thrilled. We are going to be joined by Gene Hunter from New York Fury. Gene, welcome to the Kiss Room. Hey, guys. Hi, hi Bobby. How you guys doing, hey, Matt? Man. Great to be here. Ah, awesome. You know I'm thrilled to have you. Now, look, here's the funny thing. Anybody that follows Monaco Radio, last week on Midnight Madness, we played some New York Fury, and your fans tune in, and they tell me about it, which I'm like, all right, look, we got to change some plans. I'm having you on this week because it's exciting. Your people love you, man. <laughs> oh, it's, it's, it's really cool. It's, it's great. You know, I, I think everyone's excited that, you know, Fury's back, and even Carnival Souls is starting to research again, too. People are getting the music, they're hearing it on the radio, my guys like you, uh, all the podcasts and all the stuff that's being played, uh, it's, uh, we're just overwhelmed by it. It's just amazing. And, and they're excited. It makes us excited, you know? Now, here's a question for you right off the bat. When you were on the Metal Summit the other week, you refer to it sometimes as Fury, but the band is called New York Fury. Now, when you started, it was Fury. When you refer to it, which do you prefer? Uh, I say Fury to, to, to be like a shortcut, but, uh, you know, to me, we started off as Fury, and then uh, what happened was we, we added the New York to it, and that was really, at first, uh, for trademark reasons, and then it stuck. You know, we were a New York band, and we incorporated it into the show, and but I, I usually say both, you know, New York Fury or Back in 1986, you, know? you couldn't Google to see who else was calling himself Fury <laughs> in Ecuador. You know, oh, we called Fury. <laughs> yeah, that, 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 that's exactly what it was, you know. But, you know, I think we're the first, you know. We have, we have newspapers going back from 1980 with us in the newspaper. And, and, you know, it was Fury. And then by 86, it, it became New York Fury. So now that's the exciting thing. Here we are in 2023, and you just released via Ionian Records, which is a name unto itself. You released the album called I Want It All. Now, a lot of this stuff goes way back, though. Now, you're talking about a band like mid-'80s. Bobby just played on Harem. We took our time warp yeah. to 1983 for everybody who was tuned in. Take us back. Give us those stories from the roots of the band and I mean, obviously, there's quite a journey between then and now. Oh, it has been. You know, we started off as like 14 year olds playing <laughs> covers and bars, and you had to have a, you had to have an accompaniment. Somebody, somebody had to be there, like a chaperone, right? Yes, and and we had like an older crowd coming to see us, but 
you know, the, the first band was a three-piece, and, and I'm not just saying because, you know, it was my band, but they were really great players. One of them went on to play with uh, Mark Slaughter uh, before Slaughter happened. So uh, by, by the drummer Brian, he became a guitar player, and Oscar and myself, and we would go up and do uh, the best of Sabbath and Zeppelin and Queen and, and, and Evo, you name it, we played it all. But as I started playing it, I, I wanted to do originals. And the other two guys, they at that time, they weren't into doing originals. And that's I, I would rather write songs than play other people's songs at that point and even now. So I went into writing songs, and then I, I started forming New York Fury. See, that's I, exciting. I, I, hooked I was going to say, because the one yeah, thing I noticed on the inside of your liner notes of your album, you talk about those really early days and the fact that, you know, you started out as kids and then obviously you're talking, it's moving right into those mid eighties when hair bands for, and it's a term that I use very endearingly, but that became the thing. You had an over the top look. Everybody looks fantastic playing big places as an unsigned band. So, I mean, it seems to me reading those liner notes and I don't know the history, obviously that's what we want to find from you how many years between being like a teenager playing underage in a bar till all of a sudden you're headlining places like lamour or you know you know a lot of the new york new jersey scene big places yeah well the, the, actually the first fury our first concert we ever did we sold 550 tickets wow it, it, it was our first concert and mm. my dad he passed away shortly after that mm. he came to the show and uh, he had aj perro come down with my sister's boyfriend, Mark, who played in the band together. And this is really early on. And, and my father asked him, should my son Gene pursue this? Is there something here? Because my, my dad, he wanted, me to get, he wanted me to get a haircut. You know, like, and, they said, and they came to the show, and they said, listen, they go, your son has it. He goes, tell him to continue doing this. And my father then, you know, you know backed me fully, you know, uh, you know, he gave me, just do what you got to do. Don't worry about getting a haircut and, and, and keep writing and playing. And then uh, that, you know, that turned into, you know, I left that, those guys, and I formed with Michael, Michael Sinclair. I was a school buddy with him. We started playing together. And then uh, I brought in my younger brother, and then I brought in uh, uh, the rest of the guys, Nick and Jim. And, and then eventually we got Gary, who's the, who's the main singer, and uh, he's just phenomenal. Uh, he, he was the guy that did our, you know, the demos with us and all the, you know, uh, writing and stuff. He's just incredible uh, artist. And uh, you know, here we are now, all these years later. But we we came out. So first Fury was doing big shows, even for a cover band, and we would sell tickets and do shows, and it went great. But as soon as New York Fury hit, uh, I did a big promotional campaign for the band, building up to our first debut show. We sold out our first. People talk about the Kiss Hotel Diplomat show as being like the iconic show, and I remember having pictures from that event, and that was like a big thing for Kiss. But if you look at it now, it's it was kind of tiny. Like you know, right. us, yeah. we went into an auditorium, we went into an auditorium with a full arena show on day one, <laughs> wow. and that's never been done before. And we sold out a thousand tickets, and 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 that from that point on, uh, Lemoyes was contacting us to headline. We didn't have to play there on a Wednesday night. We headlined on day one. And every, everywhere else, Club Benet, you couldn't get into Club Benet. It, it was prestigious to play there. Like They would have comedians like Colin and, and famous acts play there, even Ace. And you had to be a headlining act to play there, but they gave us the headlining spot. But that, that happened in every venue we went played in, from you know, Rhode Island, Connecticut, to uh, Jersey, to Puerto Rico. We, we, we just were instant headliners. 
And, I, and people said, how is this happening? I, I think because we came out with the mindset that KISS had, just give people the best you can do. And KISS was a very big influence on us in that way. We loved seeing those early KISS shows, and we always left the concerts like you guys. Wow, that was great. And I wanted to try and at least come into that uh, mindset and try to do, you know, we didn't have a major label or anything like they did, but we, 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 we did it. We pulled it off. You know, what I'm going to do is shift gears. I'm going to put you on hold for a second because I want everybody out there, if they're not familiar with the music, I want to give them a taste, let them know the kind of fun we're talking about here. But second of all, if we're kicking off the weekend, boy, this is going to do it. So how about if you give it a talk up? Talk it up like we're on the radio. We're going to play I Want It All, and I want you to do the talk up. That's fine. No problem. This is Gene Hunter from New York Fury with our single I Want It All on Monco Radio where music and minds meet.
Boy, I'll tell you what, that's New York Fury. Yeah. Gene, Gene Hunter from New York Fury is on the line. I got to give you a credit. You did a great talk up on the start of the song. Oh, I'm, I'm happy to do it, brother. <laughs> that was fantastic. Now, look, everybody that's out there, first of all, I can see by the numbers, a lot of New York Fury fans are all tuned in. I want them all to chime in. If you have a question for Gene, you can post it in the Kiss Room Facebook group. But really, I love the fact that people are excited that you got this album come out. That's one of the things that we're talking about. January, I guess it was January 1st, New Year's Eve into January 1st, you put out I Wanted All the Album on Eonian Records. Talk about how that started. I mean, a lot of this stuff dates back. You know, what's the process from 1986 to now? Uh, well, basically what happened was, you know, New York Fury, to me, was a thing of the past. I mean, people would come up to me and say, man, you're one of the first concerts I ever went to. You got me into uh, hard rock and metal, and, 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 and it would be nice. I'd have, like, little things like that. And then over the years, the cassettes and, and demos and stuff that were floating around all over the world started brewing a, a fan base. And what happened was, you know, all this stuff was going on. I mean, they even mentioned mentioned us on VH1. I, I don't know if you guys have seen the Supergroup show with uh, Sebastian Bach. Absolutely. And, and there's a scene where they mentioned New York Fury even in that. So there's kind of a mystique uh, about the band and, and uh, uh, a thing that kind of build, was building over the years. So um, what happened was a label was trying to find me uh, about three years ago. And uh, what happened, I, I had COVID really bad uh, about mm. a year and a half ago, and I almost didn't make it. It was a two-month ordeal. Wow. It was pretty wow. horrible. And uh, my friend Al Natelli, uh, he knew someone from the label. He goes, hey, he called me when I just got out of the hospital. He goes, this label's been looking for you for years, and they want to put out New York Fury. This is like the album they felt should have been out, you know, in the 80s and never came out. And I, I was like, well, I really don't want to, you know, I'm not too sure, you know, let me see what, you know, what's, what's it about. And what happened was uh, they were really excited. They got me excited. I said, you know what, we're going to dig up the old demos. And Gary and I started pulling all this old stuff out, and we started saying, you know, it's pretty good. It really does sound pretty good. Let's, let's tighten it up and, and, and make it digital you know, for people today. They could digitally download it. They could buy a vinyl CD, and they came up with a great package. Uh, they wanted to put out a bundle with vinyl and CDs and downloads and collectible posters and stuff, very similar to the bands that we love, like Angel and Kiss and all those Motley Crue. And I said, you know what? Let's do it. And it's being well-received. I mean, all over the world, uh, we sold out in Japan. We sold out in Germany already. That's and we're great. already going into big pressing. And it's being played in Greece, uh, in Florida, the top rock station of Florida. We entered the charts at 24. Uh, it's another station, 107, uh, out of Florida. And now we're 15. Quite right. Came in a month later at 25. They're up there with us. <laughs> wow. I go, we're, in, we're, we're, we're in great company. I, I mean, these are the legends that we grew up uh, listening to. We knew Frankie. My wife was a friend of Frankie Benali and was so honored to be on the same playlist with these great bands. And, uh, and for some reason, when Fury gets played, the stations are playing Kiss and Van Halen right around the same time they're playing us, as well as Metallica and newer bands of today. 
You know so what we, I think is it isn't. Kind of there is a away. certain kind of a, a vibe. Now, right away, anybody that looks at the picture, it's all the big hair and flashy costume and good-looking guys looking right at the camera. Now everybody turns their head, looks off, the picture's blurry. You know what I mean? But you got the vibe. <laughs> That's the coolest part. To me, like, you know, right off the bat, now I think 86, 87, 88, that was the most fun time, you know, and I, I was a lot younger back then. But, uh, you know, it was one of those things where that's when I listen to this. It really takes me back to that time where, you know, you have that kind of great kind of soaring vocals and the scorching guitars. And it's funny. We played, obviously, I Want It All. And you know, the other um, single that we're going to play later is Play the Game. But one of the ones that I loved right off the bat was that song Dance, which, is you know, every time we dance. And somebody over yeah. the years really must have missed the boat by not having that in the like the dating montage in the movie, you know, where I'm dating Elizabeth Shue and she's my girlfriend and we're running on the beach <laughs> or the music park. And when you hear that song, you'll think about that, people. Uh, you know, that one and the other one that I thought was really fantastic was that If Only You Could See Me Now, which I think to me is another great example of what really the sound of your band, because there's all those vocals, like that layers and layers of vocals, you know, where you have that If You Could Only See Me Now and every chance in the band, you know, sings in the back background see me now and you're like wow like the vocals are killer how did you work on that like with everybody in the band well oh, you know the vocals with that you know that's that's a really old uh early demo if mm. you see me now and it, it holds up today I, I you know the best the crazy thing about that song is at the time we were working we ha we had a, a, an assistant manager and we were dealing with Mark Weiss, the photographer. You guys know him. <laughs> I, I know his friend, sure. Yeah, I know Mark really well. Yeah, Mark is a great guy. It's so talented. And J.J. French was starting to work with Mark Weiss. I recently seen J.J. about five or six years ago, and we talked briefly about it at the Best Buy Theater in New York City or something, where it was. But he, when we, Fury was playing, actually, we were going more heavier. I wanted to go heavy, real heavy, and, and at the time, the labels are saying, no, you've got to be more like this and that. They go, we need a power ballad. Right. And I was saying, okay, so I went home. They said, you know, take a couple of months and write a power. I went home, and the next night I wrote, if only you see me now, right off the bat, <laughs> in one night. And, we and that's it's it, funny because that one like, starts it's it almost starts like a ballad and then all of a sudden gets you know heavier and faster and you know and I love that song that was definitely a little bit deeper down the numbers on the CD but as I was working through I'm like man that's a standout track yeah that, that's a track worldwide and even back then that people really liked and I think you know we all come from that era and everyone had that power ballad and that all started with Peter Chris he had Beth right and, you know the hardest band. And that made, you know, Home Sweet Home come and Bon Jovi. Everyone has to tip their hats to Peter Chris on this. Kiss was the first band. Uh, even Beth wasn't, you know, they, it was a B-side, right? The radio flipped it over and it, it became, it's still their biggest selling song. So people like when a, uh, a hard band or a hard rock band has that softest side. And I think Kiss, I tip my hat to Peter for that. And, and what I did was, if only you see me now, I wanted the power ballad but I wanted to go it up like 10 more notches. So you have like Warrant, I Saw Red, and, and those are all great tunes. But I said, you know, I'd like to be something a little bit more bombastic, and even though it's a power ballad, and that's what we did. We, you know, we added the guitars and the bass runs and the drumming and all the great vocals that Gary did and, and, and the rest of us singing with him. It just, it just worked, you know? 
It sure does work. It's one of my favorite tracks on the album. And now it's funny. Anybody that's just tuning in, we're about 20 minutes after the top of the hour. We are talking with Gene Hunter from New York Fury. You can get their new album, which is I Want It All. It's on Eonian Records. Now, that's an odd word that I've never heard before. It's E-O-N-I-A-N. So if you're looking that up online, it's E-O-N-I-A-N Records. Dot com. So then, and now here's the thing. They seem to be bringing back a lot of these kind of great bands from the 80s, early 90s. You're in with a good group of people, and they really have done a fantastic job of, you know, giving you a place to sell this. But I'll tell you, the packaging on the CD, everything, like you said, the the it had a little sticker in it. It's got the great photos. It looks fantastic. Like, this does not look like something that somebody's putting out, like you said, from demos. This looks and sounds really professional. And I think anybody that picks it up, it's going to sound like it's something that came out, you know, obviously in 2023. But you're saying some of these demos goes back to the 80s. Oh, yeah. They're right. They're right from the 80s. That, that's you know, and you know, I, I'm kind of blown away too because I was a little worried, like maybe people wouldn't like the the production of it. Because now, keep in mind, like the great bands that have made it big, right? The Motley Crues and and uh, Bon Jovi's, you know, they went into big studios. It's millions of dollars behind it to produce, and they bring in these, you know, Mutt Lang type guys, right? That are amazing. We didn't have any of that. If Fury would have had like a Mutt Lang, we'd be talking a different story today. You know, really, yeah. I, I really think we would be. You probably wouldn't have time to call into the kiss room. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, so, I mean, you know, that's that, that, that's that, what that, was so impressive. I think, like when I got it, I popped it in right away. You know, and it was funny because it's one of those things where, to me, where I really get the most out of it, I pop it in my car, and I got to drive around. And of course, depending on the song. I'm writing a music video, so I'm pointing out the window. I point a lot. I look at different imaginary cameras because I'm crazy. But if I can do that with a song, and I always say windows down, music up, and this is that <laughs> album. It's one of those, every song has these sing-along chorus, killer solos, the riffs, like killer riffs and everything. People are going to love it. I mean, you know, when you think back to writing some of these songs, what were some of your inspirations? Or is there anything memorable that comes to your mind, like this song? Maybe some people don't like to tell, you know, they don't like to tell people what it's about but maybe are there any specific ones we go this song was this or that or you know when i dated elizabeth shoe i don't know <laughs> uh, for, I, I, you know for me the, the one strange song for me would be uh it's a bonus track on the vinyl record it's uh doesn't feel like christmas it's an acoustic song and i, I sing lead on it and that particular song was the very first song i ever had written as a kid i was 12 years old when wow. i wrote it and the reason why I put it on is my dad, that was the first song that he heard me play on guitar. He loved it. And he said, well, one day, you know, you should put that out. And I did it for him. So that one really has, like, the strongest, it's, you know, it's an extra bonus thing. And, but in terms of the, the rock and roll songs, uh, I just went by feel at the moment. Like, I Want It All was basically an anthem of, of how we, we felt as a band. We're going to go for this, like it or not, and we're going to take it. You know what I mean? And, you know, there's haters along the way and people that are going to try and stop you, but, you know, you just got to go for it. A lot of people are saying that in some of the reviews, that your songs sound like uh, arena anthem songs that can be played at sport games or hockey games. Right, yeah. could be in soundtracks like Danger I Face. People said you should give that to Stallone. It could be in a Rocky movie. <laughs> right. that's, what, that's what I felt when I was writing them. I, I felt they could be like those type of songs, you know? 
Absolutely. And, and um, I think that's, I think, especially now, I think we're relatively the same age, but we came up at that time where the big arena anthem and, and the idea of 20,000 people or whatever, all together screaming something. It's, that's the way you think about it. It's the way it was fun, you know, going back. I mean, obviously that was, you know, you talk about playing, you know, big shows, lots of people, nothing cooler than like everybody screaming back your song. Oh, it's, it's awesome. I remember the first time that I heard I Want It All on the radio. It was played on a college station. I think it was WSOU. It was a long time ago. But yeah, we, we came yeah. in at number... That that year that it was released, it was the third most requested song. And I, we were just blown away by that. You know what I mean? And, and it was just a demo. And that was and, back uh, when college couple, radio could really kind of like help you out. Like WSOU, I remember when we, we, we couldn't get that in Pennsylvania, but we would listen if you were going to like Lemoore or, you know, Studio One or something like that, you could pick it up as you got close to the city. And they were always, they had those great kind of heavy metal shows, you know, something that was really, you know, where you heard something like New York Fury that maybe we didn't get in Philadelphia necessarily. But, you know, as we got closer to New York and New Jersey, you know, it was something different. Yeah, and, and, and metal bands, exposure-wise, like the famous Metallica story, I don't know if you guys ever heard it, Johnny Z uh, yeah. couldn't get them, he couldn't get anyone to listen to those guys, right? <laughs> and he begged, uh, I think it was DHA. I think Ed Trunk was doing like an intern thing at night, and he begged them to just play it once. And... And radio is so important for bands. Like, you know, Fury, we never really had big radio play back then, just selected college stations, right? But for Metallica, it was a very big thing that they got on the radio. And now, look, it's, it's a whole different world for those guys. If they never would have got on the radio, they probably would have never been as big as they are today. You know, that initial exposure of the 80s, uh, radio was very big. It's still big today. And MTV had a big hand in that, too. So those two uh, groups together could really launch a band uh, overnight, you know, and that's the one regret that a lot of the Fury fans and even the band, you know, that we didn't get that uh, thing. But we have this release today. It has legs. It's doing really well. And I think it's going to grow because as guys like you are blasting in, the, in their car, they're going to they're going to say, wow, you know, this is, you know, this is, check these guys out. Well, you know, who are these guys? It's like a VH1 <laughs> story. Where are they now type of thing? But it, it, we're relevant now and we're going to be playing again in the future, and new stage shows being designed, and uh, we're gonna, it, 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 and it's gonna be pretty cool. I think we're, we're gonna, you know, we're gonna have fun with this. New York Fury, alive and well, and blasting out of my car. And well, oh, how yeah. else could it be? Now, look, you're talking about that. Do you think? Do you see a time when you would be playing shows, at least starting out in New York, New Jersey, and certainly down here in the Philly area? Oh uh, yeah, the first, if we do some shows, we'll definitely be in the tri-state area where we began. But, you know, we're also talking about a show maybe in Florida uh, as well. And then, you know, and we'll see where it goes from there, you know. Uh, we're, we're not going to take it, you know, so serious. Like, you know, we're just going to do selective things and, and uh, you know, and just help the uh, album uh, grow and the CD grow, you know. You know, it's and, funny uh, you talk about that with the tape trading, things like that. The exciting thing is, as just as a bystander, kind of watching your stuff, is that your fans have followed it back out. I see all the comments and people posting the photos of their CDs and look what I got in the mail and I got the vinyl. And that's the fun thing about social media is being able to see people excited about something. And as a group, all of your Fury fans, even from back in the 80s, are, hey, man, look, this is cool. This is what I like. And now it's still right here in 2023. And, man, there's nothing cooler than that. Yeah. 
Yeah, I agree. I think it's like that hot tub time machine movie. It's, yeah. it's like we're time traveling. Hey, hey Gene, you know it's I mean? Bobby. And, and, yeah, hey, Bobby. How you doing, buddy? Good, man. Real quick, I got to intersect here. So with some of the newer Bobby bands cut that you are off. We were right going to get there. the hot tub time machine. Yeah. Bobby's right in with a question. But I, I got to ask. So with bands like Wigwam and everybody out there now, who is it? Uh, the singer uh, who's now in Skid Row came from Heat. Well, that Wigwam song got such a huge push by being the Peacemaker theme. Yeah. Do you want to really take But they're out on tour yeah, right now. But, it. I mean, have you ever thought about going out with some of the newer bands that have the early 80s vibe that are really being pushed and you guys going on that route? Yeah, that, that, that's actually a good idea. You know I mean? Right, right now, we don't really have any uh, serious management or booking agent. People have contacted us to play select shows, like, you know, to come into a theater show, or, or, like, you know, but if we could get something together, you know, this, this caught us off guard, to be honest, what, what happened with the record. So, uh, and then, you know, uh, we're, we're just going to sit back, put our heads together, and see what the best avenue to take, but that's a really good idea. Well, I could throw <laughs> another one out to you there, Gene. You know, look, <laughs> there's a gentleman, Paulie, and, you know, uh, you know, we got Joey uh, in Jersey, you know, a little ZO2 action, the two of you guys hooking up. Well, see, now really, here's the funny thing. And Bobby, I don't know if you know, that Gene's other band had Bobby Rock on the drums. Imagine you go out with Lita Ford for a little while. That Lita still puts on a hell of a show. And Gene, you know, yeah, Bobby played did. on my first two albums. Yes, I want. I'm, I'm waiting to. Hear, I definitely want to hear those. I think the match it'll get me a, a copy or something. <laughs> I I'd like it. I'd like an autograph copy. Yeah, I, I'll get you I'm an autograph. I know Bobby. Ah, so. Yeah, me too. <laughs> well, I'll tell you what, Gene. Why don't we go to another song, and then when we come back, I know you got a lot of great Kiss stories, which Ooh, my yeah. audience certainly is going to like. So why don't we go to another song? This is going to be "Play the Game" by New York Fury on Monco Radio, where music and minds meet.
Yeah. yeah. Now, look, there you go. That is Play the Game. That is New York Fury. Anybody that's just tuning in, and I know you are all tuning in, we got Gene Hunter from New York Fury, another killer track. Now, listening right there, you get a good sense. Listen to those. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Very Motley Crewish. Very, you know, big arena rock. Gene, that song is killer. Thank you, brother. Yeah, that, that, we used to open up with that tune. Uh, it, would, it, would, it would level everybody. Oh, I'm sure that had that too. had to be a super success. You know, when you come running out, lights are flashing, everybody's having a good time. Now, look, I'm going to give a shout out. Obviously, in the band, it's Gene Hunter, bass, guitars, and vocals. You got Gary Ryan on vocals, drums, and guitars. Mike Sinclair on guitars. Nick Benna Rosa on guitars and vocals, and Ron Hunter on the drums. Your brother. Yes. See, that's fun. Anytime brothers can be in a band. I give a shout out to my brother. He's much more musically talented than I am. But uh, I'll tell you, that gives people a great a great example of what you know they can expect. And they should all, as soon as we're done listening to The Kiss Room, they should go to Eonian Records. And like I said, it's a, a spelling. It's E-O-N-I-A-N records.com. You can order the album. It's fantastic. Um, obviously, uh, what I kind of want to do, anything more you want to say about the album, then we're going to talk kiss so <laughs> yeah if, I, if anyone's interested in the fury uh you can go to new york fury music.com so that's new york fury music.com and that will take you to eonian and also our videos if you go on youtube now we have a bunch of videos uh starting to pick up some steam out there some live arena concert stuff and very soon we're going to have a, a world premiere video for fighting for your love it's probably another week it's a new unreleased video of us uh in an arena playing and uh, it's kind of a montage uh, of the history of the band with live footage it's going to be coming out in about a, a week i'm guessing oh it's fantastic so, well, you heard so it here first in new york fury music.com now that's exciting i like i said look to me i think the fact that it's 2023 and somebody's still putting out music with this much energy and over the top and it makes you want to roll the windows down even when yeah. it's really cold you know it's nice well, the uh so now yeah. look obviously we sprinkled in a little bit of the conversation about kiss and obviously one of the things that draws everybody in the universe together at least where i live is that we're all kiss fans and now i know from stalking your facebook page you've got pictures with your Self and obviously pictures with Paul Stanley, Bruce Kulick, Ace Fraley, Eric Carr. There's a picture of you and the original puppets that everybody knows. You know, Bill of Coins Kiss puppets. <laughs> Go back and give us some Kiss yeah. stories. Well, here's the thing with Kiss. You know, uh, you know, I grew up. Uh, you know, uh, you know, Kiss. I just gravitated towards. It was the Dress to Kill album. I, I've seen that for the first time. An old, uh, older guy next door to a house. He had it, and I thought these guys. You know. I was obviously into Elvis and Beatles and things like that, but when I seen that, I go, there's something about this band that's really great, and I heard rock and roll all night, and then obviously then a live one, you know, came out, and it just blew everybody away. And, you know, after, you know, getting the feet kiss in the 70s and being a fan, I was also a super collector. I collected every bit of memorabilia on the band, uh, every magazine, every import record, every toy, uh, it was one of the lo- it was the largest collection in the world up to when they took the makeup off. Mm. You know, I'm glad I don't co- I'm glad I don't collect today because I would be <laughs> losing it. There's so much product. <laughs> but at the time, at the time, uh, I-, I was ready to start Fury, and and uh, what happened was uh, uh, a big collector offered me money for the collection, but Paul Stanley also wanted it. Whoa, and what happened nice. was the guy. So what happened? Paul mentioned it in a Kerrang magazine. But what happened was the guy that 
purchased the, I, these two guys that basically took everything that I had. Uh, and what happened was the day he took it away, Paul called up my house with a, what's his name? Um, Cliff Lent. I think that was his name. And they said, hey, we're interested in the collection because Gene always collected and Paul didn't. And I used to give Gene stuff in the city. I would find, like, calendars and bootleg records, and I would show them in the city when I would hang out with them. And, he, oh, i never seen this, or i never seen that before, and I would just give it to Gene. And Gene would always offer money. No, no, just take it. And uh, <laughs> Paul would see this. Like, you know, Gene was into it because he was into superheroes and merchandising, which is kind of cool. And that's what I was into. That's why I think I gravitated towards Kiss as a kid. You know, superhero Star Wars, it's perfect. This is like, you know, perfect for that type of uh, mindset. The greatest so time in, in history of anything. Star Wars and Kiss, 1977. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and it repeated. Like, it came back. Remember on the reunion tour, the biggest movie was Star Wars and Kiss was right. back. And the Yankees won, and the Yankees won the World <laughs> Series. It was a repeat of 77, 78. And as a New York you know, kid, you must have been that. thrilled. <laughs> now, take take yeah, us. I want I want you to step back one second off this story. How do you meet them? Like you're talking about Gene, you know, gets a hold of you. You're giving Gene stuff. How did you know, Paul? How did you, as a kid, how are you getting to meet them like that? Well, in the seventies, I used to actually call Ace's mom up on the phone. <laughs> she she was she she was in the yellow pages. She was in, in the phone book. So. That was the first introduction, she, and she was such a sweetheart. I talked to Ace's mom, you know, for years, all the way into the 80s and everything. And, uh, but I, what I did was, be, being a fan, I, I started uh, just doing the research and, and being, you know, I was always in the city collecting and buying stuff. And then, I, I, and then also, uh, Eric Carr, uh, he was dating a girl that I knew that used to come up and sing with Fury. So there was, like, many different things that kind of brought us together. And I became friends with Eric. We just hit it off. He used to call me his baby brother because everyone used to get confused when we were hanging out that we looked alike, you know? And I actually have my first autograph from Eric, and he says, are you related, Eric Hall? You know what I mean? So, you know, it was just, you know, but and him and I, we really hit it off. He, he, he was like a brother to me, and I, I just loved that guy. I miss him even till today. And, uh, but what happened was I would go up to Orcoin Management, and Eric and, and, and the guys would let us up there. And, and at the time, it was a big deal. They had like this giant conference room, which I'm going to be releasing photos. I'm probably going to do a book soon because I've been getting asked from everyone all over the world. You should do a kiss book from your fans' perspective. And I have the photos to you know, back up the stories, and I'm going to do it. I, I think I'm going to really dive into it and get it done. But the photos of me in the conference room, and, and we would have this Betamax machine, which was like the state of the art back then. And Bill Aquan would say, what do you want to watch? And we'd say, uh, Kiss Australia or something. Well, you couldn't get into that. So, right, so we were watching, like, these concerts that we could never even dream of seeing, and we were just blown away. And I would take pictures goofing around in the, uh, in the you know, the Aquan management, but it was just cool seeing the memorabilia. They had a closet when you first walked in, and Bill opened it up, and they had the Kiss record player. And at the time, I needed that for my collection. I was like, oh, man, I need this. They had everything. You know, he kept everything that was made on the band. Uh, the, the famous jukebox that you see with Ace posing in front of with his right. makeup, also on 2020, that was there. And it was just great times. Like, and the cool thing is, it was like hanging out with Batman. No one else knew <laughs> who they were on the street. You know, because they, they still were unknown with the, with the makeup on. Like, people didn't know who they were. I remember going out to eat lunch with Gene, and we'd have a slice of pizza, and I had a book of photos from my friend Al that was a photographer, 
and he gave a book of photos to Gene, and Gene's, when I went to go open it up, he slammed it down, like, not harsh, he just, he goes, oh, they don't know who I am here. Wow. And he eats in there all the time. And so it was kind of cool. It's like I knew who they were and no one else knew. And, and, and that was a great period. And then, then they had the changes with Vinnie Vincent coming in. I knew him from day one. And uh, he actually thanked me in the second Vinnie Vincent record. And then Bobby Rock later went on to play with Carnival Souls, my other band, which is also having a resurgence now on the airwaves and demand for Carnival Souls. We're getting played on the radio back-to-back Fury and Carnival Souls. Which I find really strange too. <laughs> That's exciting. But it all it all connects together. But the kid stories, the Orcoin management, that was in a period where it was magical. It was magical to be a Kiss fan. Uh, everything was just uh, you know new and fresh still. And then uh, I have a really cool story when when they were doing the Creatures of the Night era. I went to many of those shows, and they went in to record "Lick It Up," but they weren't taking the makeup off yet. No one knew about it. And I was in the studio with them, and I, I got to hear Young and Wasted before mm. it was put out on the record. And between you and I, it was ten times better than the album. Wow. It sounded more launchier and heavier. You know what I mean? And I love Look It Up. I think the album's great. But we were in the studio with them, and my friend Al was asking Paul. We, we were planning to go to Brazil to see the Creatures shows. We didn't know those were going to be the last shows. I wish I would have went. And then, you know, they, they were saying it might not be safe for us to go. Even though we could have a, they said at the time it was very sketchy the, the security to go down there, so we wound up not going. But uh, I asked Paul; uh, he was playing Space Invaders on the uh, while they were mixing. <laughs> he had like a stack of quarters, and he kept playing Space Invaders on the machine. And we were just making small talk. And I said, "Hey, how do you play? I still love you." I, I, you know, the, you know, my guitar player was asking me, and he he just looked at me and walked away. And I was like, oh, oh shit, I, 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 I pissed him off. He comes back out with his leopard guitar, and he says, sit down, and he shows me how to play it. Wow. And, and how cool is that? You That's know I mean? phenomenal. So it was just a, yeah, I was, and we would, I would sit and watch MTV with them. We were all watching MTV, and Crocus came on. And I remember Vinny watching them and saying to Gene, we blow these guys away. <laughs> and I started laughing, you know? And, you know, just little moments like that. It was just like, a lot of great times. Like, I've been on airplanes with them, flying from one city to the next, like, you know, from Florida to Georgia, and, and being stuck at the airport with them, and just hanging out with them and eating popcorn with them, you know, and just joking around. I have so many great stories and, and, and great times. But Eric Carr was a key uh, factor in all that. He was just the greatest guy. If you ever met him, you probably know. But the sweetest musician and, and entertainer, and he's a great human being. He was really, really just top notch in my book. You know, out of everyone I've ever met, I think he was the you know the best Kiss member, the nicest Kiss member, and to other artists out there. And I've met everyone. You know, you name it, from Dave Grohl, super nice guy, to Paul McCartney, the Rolling Stones. I've been with all these different bands, and Eric Carr till this day is probably the nicest rock star I ever met. You know, personally. You know, it's funny. That's the one time I met him. And the thing that I was kind of re- really remarkable by was that he really wanted to know what your name was. And he was signing everybody's autograph, but he really he would ask your name and he made sure he had it right as he was signing it. And I always thought that was cool. The fact that it wasn't just the, 
scribble, 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 next, scribble, scribble, scribble. He tried to make some connection with you as a as rock star to fan, you know. And of course, it's like you know, in those days, it was there wasn't like these million dollar meet and greets. Nah. It was you know, you just waited in line Sam backstage, Goody's. or you're at the record store. Cherry but Hill he, Mall. you know, he always seemed to really kind of want to have that little connection with you. Now, I think it's amazing you had these really kind of personal moments with them. You know, you're sitting there, they're doing the record. Paul's showing you how to play the guitar. Can you think of some? Give me some other specific things that you remember. What are some fun times? Uh, well, I used to go to SIR Studios, and they would invite me in, and I would hear them rehearse. And uh, and I would drive Eric Carr home every night after, because I was working in the city, so I would just show up, and I would give him a ride home. And we would have these great conversations about the band and, and, and songs to do. And he asked me, uh, this was one time they were playing, it, it, I think it might have been the Asylum Tour, I'm not sure. Um, it, it, I think it's that tour. He, he goes, oh, we're, we're thinking of throwing a song in the set what would you like to hear? And I said, well, I got this bootleg and you guys did it at rehearsal. I go, you guys did a uh, whole lot of love by Led Zeppelin. <laughs> I go, you guys got to play that tonight. And he goes, you really think we did it? I go, you did it great. I think I, Paul did it great. The two guitars in it, it's heavy. The drumming, you know, he was a very big John Bonham fan. So I said, please do uh, that tonight. Cause they didn't do it really in America. And then they did it in New Jersey at the Meadowlands. And I think, uh, Billboard magazine, uh, had a poster that it was a special issue of Kiss, uh, and it opened up the inside cover, and I'm dead center with my Ace Frehley shirt on, like third row, and and it's right after they did a whole lot of love, and they put it out as a poster inside Billboard magazine. And I just seen that the other day. Someone sent it to me, and I was like, wow, such great memories. That's awesome. But, um, yeah. Wow. Uh, the Creature of the Night album cover. Do you remember when they changed it? When they took Ace off and they put Bruce Kulik yeah, on? Yeah, right. I was the first person to get that record. And I was on 8th Street in the city. Now, I got it from an inn from the label. And what happened was I went to 8th Street to a store called It's Only Rock and Roll, which I used to do deliveries to. We used to sell rock and roll photos there, me and my friend Al, and I was stocking up everything. I came downstairs, and Eric Carr was across the street at Electric Lady. I didn't even know he was there. And he sees me, and he goes, hey, Gene. And all my friends were with me, and they're like standing there shopping. They go, that's Eric Carr. I go, I know who it is. So he comes over. And I show him the album. He flipped out. He goes, wow. <laughs> he goes, where did you get this? He goes, we, I didn't even see this. Because it was them without the makeup. It's a really great shot. Yeah. And I go, I got, I got it in to get it. And so I had him autograph it for me. He goes, so he, he says, hold on. He left. And he, and he came back. He goes, Paul wants you to wait. He's coming. He wants to see this. So I said, sure. He, he, he said, Paul actually wants it. I go, I'll give it to Paul. Paul comes over. He was excited. Oh, this is great. I, I want, oh, this is amazing. And then the weird thing is, I, he, I said, you can have it. And he goes, oh, thanks. He goes, oh, Eric signed it. Nah, forget it. You take it back. He wanted it unsigned. <laughs> <laughs> now, look, I want the Eric Carr one. Paul didn't want it. How about that? Now, do you still have that? That's the question. No, I actually, oh. I don't have that. You know, I, I actually had so much stuff. Uh, I, I mean, Eric Carr gave me his animalized jumpsuit. Mm. Uh, Vinnie Vincent gave me his look it up stuff and everything and, and I, I, I kept a very few little things here and there but when I sold my collection it was like the guy wanted everything in its entirety wow you know I mean? so you know, I, I was at a point in my life where I, you know I had the whole I had seven rooms in my house filled with Kiss memorabilia <laughs> every, every you know, pinball machine <laughs> you, you name it you know <laughs> I'm getting close. You sold all. What, you know? do you, what do you still have left? I mean, I'm always curious. I love to see what are the last things that you keep. 
I, I kept like certain things, like when they played uh, Brazil, Vinnie Vincent sent me in the mail uh, them on the cover of their Time Life magazine. And he autographed it in gold. And he wrote, like, a thing on the front to me and inside. Like, little things like that I kept. And, like, you know, the first autographs. And then, like, obviously the photos with me and that, you know. And, uh, and, and maybe, a few, like, certain posters and a couple of troll books. But, you know, the thing is, you know, Kiss Collecting is very addicting, as you know. Yeah. So, uh, I mean, it's just off the hook now. You know what I mean? So, I really don't dabble too much in it anymore. You know, I think uh, Dee posted like that uh, the picture of that Creatures uh, magazine. She posted, Dee, if you're listening, post that in the Kiss Room Facebook group so everybody can see it. I just saw that on, on I think it was either her Facebook page or yours. But the And that's that's something because at the time, you know, getting a magazine from out of the country would have been tough because, you know, you didn't have, like, the internet. You're like, oh, here, you can contact Bobo in Brazil and just, you know, he's going to send you this. You had to really kind of know people, all that tape trading. You know, when you talk about that even in in the start of the interview when we were talking about how you spread the word of your band tape trading really is something yeah. that obviously at the time was like the lifeblood you met people through magazine ads things like that and in a lot of ways it's a time that will never come back because now everybody just shares i could i could send you an email with a link to every song i ever thought of but the uh, but those kind of times that's real special the fact that you still have people that want to post a picture of their cassette from 1986 you know things like that are just cool yeah, pe- people are saying that to us and D and, and, and to, you know, I was on Facebook for a while when I went, came back on. People are starting to find me again and, and they're sending me, uh, they, they're sending me Hit Parade Magazine with me in it and Metal Edge Magazine and they want me to autograph and I'm mailing <laughs> it back to them. It's, it, it's, it's coming, you know, from Colombia, Mexico, uh, Japan, Germany. And, uh, and a lot of them, you know, for some reason, a lot of kids fans like Fury and I, I you know, I get it because of the show and, and the imagery and stuff, even though we don't sound like them. They all collect, and they like collecting this, uh, like you said, the old demos and stuff. And I think it's great. You know, one of the, it's funny you say that we don't really sound like Kiss, but you know the band that I thought right away that reminds you me of Rough Cut. Remember Rough Cut, Paul Shortino? I catch some of that vocal in a lot of these songs, which, I mean, and look, that's a big compliment. I loved Rough Cut. That's a really good band. Well, I got to bring it up, too. Gene, so, you know, growing up in the Philly area, Matt and I, you know, good friends with uh, Mark Evan. Reggie Wu from Heaven's Edge. You look, I'm listening to your stuff. I hear that. And look, I remember when these guys were breaking out and playing the Empire and the Galaxy and everything. But this album is that whole period right there when, you know, Britney was playing and, you know, uh, who else? Anvil Bitch. Oh, my God. <laughs> oh, Dead End Kids. Well, All those about bands. That. Cinderella coming up out of this area. I mean, yeah. obviously that. But the, uh, you know, that's so, I mean, really, if you think about that, right, here we are 2023. If you could put a package together, put yourself on a package with some bands, who are you teaming up with? Well, yeah, I, I, I'd like to, uh, you know, to me, I think Fury would be a perfect match with um, Molly Crew. You know I what? They could take you out on their stadium tour. It could I'd be you guys, the crew, and Def Leppard. John Five. <laughs> oh, my God. I'm looking yeah, forward to that with John. <laughs> well, I, I, have, I have a little story to tell about Motley Crew. I hope they don't get mad at us. No, no, but, no. Go uh, for it. I'm a, I'm a crew guy. Well, if it's Motley Crew, no cursing, though. See? <laughs> okay. So what happened was, uh, uh, before Bobby Rock, we had another great drummer from Wasp. His name is uh, Stet Allen. Yeah. And yeah. Stet and I, Stet, yeah, we were in California, Stet and I, and we were doing shows. And uh, this is with Carnival Souls. 
and we had inside. This is before crew. You know, they were they were not really doing anything. They were planning on coming back, and what happened was our management at the time and 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 uh, their management started. We 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 knew that they were coming, so we we our management put in a bid to open up for Motley Crew, and we were in negotiations with them. It was a six-figure deal. A lot of money was going to be spent to get us that tour, and they were into it. Everything was great. We, we had, had a, Finally, it was finalized. We were going to finalize everything, and they said, well, we got to see the band. You know, we heard the tracks, but we got to see the band. So we sent them two videos of us playing on stage, and the very next day they said, oh, we're going we're gonna to have to pass on this. <laughs> and, they cha- and they changed the name of the tour from the, um, it was the Red, White, and Crew Tour, I think it was called. And they changed it to the Carnival of Sin Tour. Right. And they incorporated, and, and we, we were the ones that had that uh, Carnival of uh, Souls uh, type of stage show and that whole imagery, and then they went with it. So we didn't get the tour, oh. which was you know, kind of sad, you know what I mean? But, uh, but, but that's what happened. When people seen Fury or Carnival Souls, a lot of headlining bands would not allow us to open up for them. And well, that's Carnival of Sins was uh, the tour where they had the, the girls on the silks. I saw that at Allentown uh, Fairgrounds. Yeah. And they had those girls right. who would wrap themselves up in silk and then come flying down the sides and then go waving back up. It was pretty incredible. Yeah. Where was that? Right. Allentown Fairgrounds, I saw that tour. Which one? Outdoor. That's Motley Crue. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. I, I was wow. about to say, well, yeah. That's taking me back. That's yeah. a little bit of years ago. <laughs> But yeah, so I would say, again, you know, I think Fury or Carnival Souls, either band would be a good match for, say, a Motley Crue type of uh, show. Absolutely. I mean, we would would play with anyone. You know, I played and opened up for bands like Queensryche and Phil from Pantara. So I've been the full spectrum of everything. I play with Poison. I I would play with anyone out there. You know, know, we're into it. You know, we love those bands and... It would be an honor to play with them. You know what I mean? So that would be kind of cool to do if we could ever pull something like that off. But, you know, it's a very, you know, this industry is based on money and who's going to get what and who's going to take what. You know, we could just see what happens, you know. It would be, you know, it would be nice to entertain it. Hey, look, tell them if they want to think about taking you out. I know your your fans are rabid and they tune in and I can see how many people are tuning in. It's a lot. So it's like, you know, the New York Fury fans, shout out to all of you out there that are Fury fans, fans of Gene, and that really are here uh, tuned in today to the Kiss Room. Now, kind of taking it back to the start of the interview, we were talking about, you know, obviously the roots of your band. But when you think about like some of, well, like when you write, do you still write today? Do you write songs today? Uh, for me, what happens is whenever I pick up a, a guitar or you know a bass or something, I instantly start writing. So uh, it's kind of a, a strange thing. I you know I very rarely pick up a, uh, a, my bass anymore and play Iron Maiden, which I do love. I go instantly into writing. So I'm always in writing mode, and I just pick up the guitar, sing, write, and the songs. And this is the truth. You know uh, when I all the songs that you're hearing whether it's New York Fury, Carnival Souls, were all written in one shot. Mm. Wow. I never, I, 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 when I pick up a song, and that's the song I write, and it's usually done. That's why with Mark Weiss that time, when he wanted us to do a ballad, uh, If Only You See Me Now, it was written the very next night. It was done in its, in its entirety. You know what I mean? And that, that's how I write. I, it's a gift from God. I don't know how it happens, but the songs and, and the riffs and the chord changes and the drums, everything comes out in one shot, 
and then I sit down with the band. I, I think Steve Harris does that too. They'll sit down with the guys and they'll get on acoustic guitars and they'll go through the song together, and then then they go and they jam it and then they record it. See, I find that I find that super fascinating because I'm always curious, especially when I talk to artists like that. Like, where do the ideas come from? Because, like, you know, you hear people say, like, you know, even Springsteen or Prince or whatever, that the ideas are all out there. It's how do you channel them in? And I always think, especially like, you know, you're going to write a different song when you're 16 years old than when you're in 2023, whatever age. You're a rock star, makes you 20 years younger than me automatically. But the, uh, you know, it really, I find that. Fascinating, you know. Here you are, you know. You've you've had some success. You've had lived your life. You have these things. Like, what are the kind of things? Like, just give me an example. What's something that has inspired you lately that you said, you know, what I could write a song about that? Uh, I, 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 you know, it's weird. Like sometimes I could just be watching a, a, a movie and I can see a scene where a, there's a sad, emotional scene, and I just pick up my guitar and a love song comes out. So it could be anything. If I'm in a bad mood, like an aggressive mood or something. You know, some of my heavier stuff can come out. I just think it just, just for me, it just comes out. You know, it's almost like it's been beamed into my head. You know, I mean, like you know, from somewhere else. I think Eddie Van Halen said that once. He doesn't know where it comes from. It just comes, and, mm. and that's the same thing with me. You know, it just, it just comes. I, 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 you know, I don't really write about political things. I just write from feel of my heart, and uh, whatever comes out. You know, it'll start off with a chord change, and the, the words just start coming out of my mouth. I write down the words. And then the song forms that way. There's no, there's no really rocket science to it or anything. Uh, it just, I just, just think it's a natural thing that just happens for me. I'm blessed that it happens, you know, because you hear about people having writer's block, right? So that, that happens with a lot of artists, you know? So uh, it, it just happens, I guess, you know, you run out of ideas. But for me, it hasn't happened yet. So I'm very thankful for that. That's fantastic. Now, look, to everybody that's tuned in, maybe if you're just tuning in at the top of the hour, we have been speaking with Gene Hunter from New York Fury. Gene, I really appreciate you sharing your music and your time with us today. I'm going to turn you loose. Anything last you want to say to all your New York Fury fans listening all over the planet? I just want to say thanks for all the support. Thanks for hanging in there and waiting for 30 years for this record to come out. <laughs> you guys have been very patient, and we're happy to get it in your hands. And just spread the word. Play it to people. Play it at barbecues. Blast it in your car. Uh, let people request it on the radio. Uh, just let the radio know you want to hear it. And, and we, we appreciate it. Gary, Mike, and the rest of the guys, they really appreciate the love that they're, they're getting. And I'm very blessed and thankful. And I want to thank you and Bobby. You guys are just great. Hey. I like what you're doing on your other shows. I, I was listening earlier, you know, you playing Dio and Sister, those those are the bands I grew up loving. I still love them. It was them 1983, today. brother. Yeah, we did 1983 on Bobby's show, and I'll tell you, he, he says right at the start, I'm going to take you on a time machine, and I'll tell you, it's exactly what it does. And I think it's why I like music so much is, you know, it can instantly take you, and I, I think I mentioned this in the start of the last Kiss Room was, you know, I listen to some of these Kiss songs, especially First Song in the Morning. And I listen and I look in the mirror and I think, I don't know who this old guy is, but he loves this song. And I'm like, I don't know. When did this young guy listen to this song become that old guy in the mirror? I don't know. It's, it's a totally different. Thank God for Disney having Botox on the ship. 
<laughs> you know, and now look, obviously you have your other band, Carnival of Souls. I want you to call back in and talk about that sometime. When you do get some shows lined up, you're going to go out and play. Obviously, if you got some in the Philly area, we want to talk about that. We want to talk about, you know, really let everybody know what's going on. But I, like I said, I'm really thrilled you'd join us. It was fun to talk to you, and I'm glad you could carve out some time for us. Oh, thanks for having me, brother. And, and we'll definitely talk in the future. And we've got plenty more fish. So, look, you're welcome back anytime. anytime. Everybody go to New York Fury Music. Is it New York or is it NY? Do you spell it out on the. Is it NY Fury? Uh, yeah, yeah, it's, yeah, it's NY Music. And NY All right, so everybody out there, tune into that. You, get, you got two songs that you heard. You can also tune into Midnight Madness on Saturdays here on Monaco Radio. I've been featuring some New York Fury as well. Gene, thanks a million. We're going to go into the top of the hour, and I will talk to you soon. Thanks, brother. Thanks, Take care, guys. Thanks, pal. See ya. You're not allowed to smoke in the Kiss Room. Hi, everybody. It's Gene Simmons. You're listening to the Kiss Room on Montco Radio, but you knew that. You wanted the best, and you got it. The hottest man in the land, Matt Porter. Time to begin a new year with some great tunes. Released as a single internationally in 1984, Heaven's on Fire charted in several countries. A video for the single was in heavy rotation on MTV, and it marked the only official promotional performance of the band with lead guitarist Mark St. John. Let's start off this new year right with this infectious, ferocious track. <laughs> Closer, baby, hear me breathe. 
Here's a completely overlooked track from Gene. Soul writer on this track, and one of the few that he actually played bass on. I've often wondered why this never made it to the live set list. Well, I'm sure you can see right through this sales pitch. Here's X-Ray Eyes from Dynasty.
want some more. What? Please, sir, I want some more. Nick It Up came at a great time in rock history. Influenced by bands like Judas Priest and Iron Maiden, kissed up their game and reclaimed the throne with this much-anticipated non-makeup LP. Written by Paul and Vinny, this track burns like Deep Purple from start to finish. Here's Gimme More.
written by Gene Simmons, this song is about an older man who is infatuated with a 16-year-old girl named Christine. The song's subject and lyrics were controversial and made some radio stations reluctant to put it on their playlist, while others only played it after 7 p.m. The song's title was originated by Paul, who was planning to write a song under the title until Gene beat him to it. Well, that was the 70s. Thunderstorms. Jackie, smell it. It's Ray. Carnival 
Immortal Souls The Final Sessions is the 17th studio album by KISS, released in 1994. It is the band's final album with lead guitarist Bruce Kulick, and their last album with drummer Eric Singer until 2009's Sonic Boom. KISS cancelled its release after committing to a reunion tour with the band's original lineup. There was no accompanying tour to support the album, and none of the songs have ever been performed live by KISS. Well. The Kiss from House Band is about to make it rain. See you next month. Tell me what you want me to be. I can't stand myself anymore Tell me what you want me to see I can't find my way off the floor Took me like a hurricane I think it's gonna rain Yeah.
Well, there you go. Kiss Room House Band. Boy, I'll tell you, that's fantastic. Oh, my now, God. Man, was... you, this show is flying by. It's almost 4.30. We're an hour and a half in. Gene Hunter, I want to say thanks a million for calling in that first hour of the show. We got to play some New York Fury. All the New York Fury fans are tuned in because now I'm getting some really nice messages. D, I want to thank you for your message. That was the sweetest message that you just sent. She says you have a really great DJ voice, which I'm thrilled. I hate everything about myself, but I do like my voice. That's why I like talking. Now, here, I'll tell you, that was really fun. So, again, if you go to NY, so it's NewYorkFuryMusic.com, you can get the new album, I Want It All, from New York Fury. We had a lot of fun with that. Gene, I really appreciate you calling in. Kiss Room House Band, Jerry Lee Watkins, wow. Fran Galanti. Wow, amazing. Anybody that's out there that's listening, if you say you want Kiss Deep Cuts performed live and you're not listening to the Kiss Room, you must be a poser because we got those songs right here. You heard it. You heard them all. If, that, if I haven't gotten you psyched up for the weekend by now, I don't know what you're waiting for. We're tap dancing as fast as we can. Now, look, the one thing, Kiss actually announced in May, May 27th, they will be back in the States with some shows that I think what's called the Sonic Temple Music Festival. Okay, it's May 25th to 28th. Kiss and Rob Zombie are headlining on Saturday, May 27th, which oddly enough is my wedding anniversary. Shout out to my lovely wife who puts up with all this nonsense. So that's May 27th, but on that Thursday, you got Tool and Godsmack. On Friday, you got Avenged Sevenfold and Queens of the Stone Age. On Sunday, you got Foo Fighters and Deftones. And then pretty much the rest of the lineup proves that uh, all the good band names have been taken <laughs> because you have uh, Fever 333, never heard of them, Bloody Wood. Sounds like they better be playing, uh, you know, uh, some kind of gothic music. I have that when I get caught in <laughs> yeah, a zipper. I was just going to say, it sounds painful. <laughs> Grandson, the Spaghetti Strainers, nothing more. Is that a name or is that the rest of the bands we don't even know? So I need to search White Reaper. That sounds like if White Reaper doesn't sound like, you know, maybe that they should be on tour with Man or I don't know. That's that's got to be a great and then born of osiris and if any of you are fans out of these i gotta search these bands because obviously born of, of osiris sounds like it better be an iron maiden tribute band i don't know but the uh you know so that was exciting i mean kiss announcing at least one more date you know here in in uh the United States, obviously, most of the summer has them in uh, Colombia and Brazil and Chile and uh, Poland and Spain and France and all the way into Norway in July. And, of course, the rumor that was going around was that, you know, I guess Doc McGee must have said on somebody's podcast that by the end of this month, they're going to announce like 16 or 17 more shows and then that's going to be it and you know it's funny so i had reposted that in the kiss room like hey you look end of the road blah 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 and the one guy he posted and i thought this was the most telling comment was end of the road just means no more touring it doesn't mean there's not going to be more shows because obviously they could do a festival that's not is that considered the end of the road or the fact is that look and and this is the hardest part they, you know, Paul Stanley has a birthday coming up. It's going to be like, what, 71? At some point, you decide that you'd rather be at home in your bed. You don't want to be out on yeah, tour. Yeah, but you know what it is? I've heard a lot of people say, what else are you going to do? And, you know, <laughs> right. as long as you can still keep doing it, do it. You know, it's... I thought it was funny, though, you saw that lineup on that. And to me, those, you know, Kiss 
and like Foo Fighters kind of stick out. Like, you know, like if you're a kid that likes all those bands that I never heard of, you know, when Kiss comes on, do they love it or do they stand there and go, oh, that's that band that my dad likes. Oh, you know, Madison hates anything if I like it. So like, and she's 17. But the cool thing was, that was a great thing about, I had seen so many similarities between the Kiss Cruise and the Disney Cruise. It was really that. It's all larger than life. It was amazing. And if you can go and just have a great time, you know, look, there was a, a, did you see the blurb that Doc McGee put out a little bit? The dates are coming soon. Well, that's what that's what it was based on. Was he had said there was like sixteen or seventeen more dates that he was going to say, and it's funny because I had posted that, and the one guy posted, "I think they should stick a fork in it. They're done," you know. And I say really to everybody who's kind of like you know saying that Kiss should hang it up. It's like the end of Rambo, you know, or First Blood. Nothing is over. Nothing, you know. You just don't turn it off. You know, this is my rock and roll show, not yours. I think the hard part about if Kiss decides to retire that means we're old and you know i don't like that either so that's tough man look it's been bad enough just hearing certain things happen and it's just like oh my god this one we're on the air right now i'm gonna make you feel freaked out robbie knievel just died you know i saw that i guess earlier in the day and 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 brian Hendricks, if you're listening now when you think of that in one week kids of 70s icons you had Priscilla Presley yeah. or, you know, Lisa Marie Presley. Priscilla posts that Lisa Marie had been rushed to the hospital. You know, so she's watching her daughter die. And then Robbie Knievel. Now, Evil obviously has passed away quite a while a way ago. And, uh, yeah. But you know. it, it, Adam it, Rich from 8 is enough. I've seen that, had, too. And I me. was like, Rrr. 70s and 80s taking I'm a hit like, this week. Whoa. You know, but, uh, but then you got to say, why? Look, we're all going to go. I just don't want to know when. <laughs> but but yeah, I just we want to have as much fun as possible before that time. I'm kind of bummed that the Kiss show in Ohio is the same weekend as uh, One Magical Weekend at Disney. So I got to well, be, I'll be down at Disney. Or my wedding anniversary. I'm going to be in Nashville over my wife's birthday, let alone. No, like, but we're going to we're, we're, we're be, you know, hey. <laughs> Look, and I also posted in their Twisted Sister reuniting to perform at the Metal Rock and Roll Hall of yeah. Fame. Yeah, I, I mean, not going to get that many chances to hear this stuff. You know, one thing before we go any further, I want to take a moment and give some shout outs here. There was a ton of people tuned in. Wow! I tried the new Everyone feature on Facebook, which I kind of hate being tagged in that, but I love. <laughs> Why does that sound like a like deodorant that? or no, no, something? You know, I'm like feeling, <laughs> I'm feeling myself with the Everyone, everyone. deodorant. <laughs> everyone loves me. I, no you know, one but, knows but look, I have everyone on. Let me let me, just, let me run through these real quick. And and if I skip you, because maybe there was a bunch while we were actually on the air talking, but um, Kat Mara posted a special Friday the 13th one with a really cool picture, and she tagged a bunch of her friends, so I really appreciate that. And Shane Paisley, Dottie Jones, Rolla Brown from Kiss Army, North Carolina. Come on, you got to say North Carolina. North Carolina! <laughs> North Carolina. Thanks, Rolla. Mary Huffnagel, Alan Tate from Big Al's Rockin' Radio Show, Julie and Eric Alberti from the Kiss Cave, David Cathy, Javier Boaster, Kiss Army Omaha. Omaha! 
<laughs> Matt Ungersaw from uh, Strange Ways Radio. Pasquale Barry from the, of course, Kiss Army Nation podcast. I love what they're doing. Dean John, Greg Johnson, Britton Mitchell from Kiss Cosplay, Mikhail Burel, Roger Bernard with the legendary Kiss Black Books. He's an author. Barb Hillerzuski, Brandis Willie has actually tuned in, said she loved that Kiss Room house band set. Uh, Mike Moon, Ron Jones, those guys tearing it up. Renee Loskett, Jen Novak, Mike Simcoe, Chris Simcoe, Tony Mann up in New York City. New York City! Chris Fretwell, D. Bartola, really, I she tagged a bunch of people and shared it, and I really do appreciate that, D. Uh, Jason Gallinger, uh, Cam's Kiss Club, which now, look, if you can tune in tomorrow morning to Monaco Radio, 9 a.m., Cam's Kiss Club will feature the one and only Todd Howarth as a guest, 9 no. o'clock. Wow. So tune in for that. Of course, look, that even got Bobby to look away from his phone. Wow. Jeff no. Humphrey, of course, Speedway Jeff. You, you got a lot of great shows happening over on A2Z Radio. That's A number 2Z radio.net. Uh, Jeff does a great show. Darren Burris, Craig Bauer, Joe Laskin, Steve Javorski, Stuart Corden, Bill Elam, Steve Campagna, Darren Steve Campagna. Burris, uh, Myra <laughs> Chapman, James West, Josie and Belly, of course. Eric and Judy Wisniewski from the Electric yes! Crush. You can listen to them every Wednesday, 7 o'clock on the Electric Crush. If you use the TuneIn app, you can just search for Tube City online. You can listen to them the same way. Big Al from uh, Big Al's Rock Show, he posted a nice uh, note that if you want the best, you got it. The people should tune in today uh, to the Kiss Room. So I really appreciate that. Um, and he does a great show as well. Always fun to listen to that. Uh, Peter Arquette from Kiss Asylum, of course. Joe Polo and Podcast Rock City. City, of course, the great Ken Mills from the podcast, AJ Zonin, Anthony Porter, Madison Porter, Amy Porter, my lovely wife, all shared some kind of yeah. link. Bobby Dreyer, of course, shared it. Yeah. Fran Galanti. Look, and if I missed you, I'm sorry. It's funny that everyone tagging everyone. It's funny. I kind of resisted it at first because on Facebook, and I still love Facebook, is, you know, it'll say, you know, Joe Schmo, you know, mentioned you in a, in a group. And you go, oh, I wonder what they said. And you go yeah. there. No, it means everybody. It's like yelling out the window. Hey, everybody should tune into the kiss room. But I'll tell you, a lot of people that maybe said that they don't normally see the post, they saw our post today. So I really, maybe that's a good feature. But I said, look, and, and to all of you out there, I love you. I will not use that post other than to promote once a month when we're live. I won't do like, I have a major announcement. I can't even say, well, I'll laugh at <laughs> Yeah. I, I, I mean. Hashtag listener, hashtag major announcement. Um, and look, I want to send a shout out to Leon Delaney. If, you, uh, if you've been listening to the Kiss Room for a while, you heard Leon and Kat back in May. Uh, we did a special issue of the Kiss Room. And I want everybody within the sound of my voice, which is everybody, to send Leon some prayers, some good vibes, some best wishes for his health. And we love you, Leon. You know, Kat mentioned me, you know, sent me a message and said, hey, look, give Leon a shout out. He's maybe not feeling so good. So look, all of the, the Kiss Army that's listening right now, I want you to channel up your good vibes. Send them out to Leon's because, you know, we love you, pal. So, look, everybody that's out there listening, I really do appreciate it. Again, all the New York Fury fans that tuned in today, maybe you'll come back another time. We'll have uh, Gene come back. Obviously, all of his fans that are uh, maybe now, hopefully, Kiss Room fans. So why don't we go for the birthday boy himself, Paul Stanley. Paul Stanley! Why don't I play something like this? One of my more favorite Kiss songs because, you know, obviously... I just had a birthday because I'm a uh, Capricorn I, as well. Amanka Radio, where music <laughs> and minds meet. Yeah!
Kiss Room, we got a little bit of time left to play a couple more songs, maybe give a couple more shout-outs. Christy Mahalitz, she sent me a nice message. She said, thanks for including that she was tuned in. And we had uh, yeah. the uh, couple messages. I love it when the Facebook group, everybody's really talking, you know, saying things like, you know, Joe posted, man, I love Carnival of Souls stuff. So how cool is that? Kiss Room House Band, you know, knocking it out, doing all that kind of fun stuff. I mean, obviously, look, when, when Kiss wraps up, whenever that day may be, We'll you know, cry. Again, the Paul Stanley birthday boy, part of the birthday bash, maybe he'll just keep making records like this.
There we go. That's awesome. Now, look, Ethan Schaffner just put, I can feel your face inside the mirror. Can someone please explain this line? So, obviously, we played Come On and Love Me, and the line is, you were distant, now you're nearer. I can feel your face inside the mirror. And, of course, the lights are out, but I can feel you, baby, with my hands. Now, obviously, now, I think, Bobby, you summed it right up. I'm stuck. Disney, hello, Snow White. <laughs> mirror, mirror on the wall. It's, uh, it's uh, you know, we can we can spend a lot of hours dissecting the uh, the scholarly writings. Now, Scott Parker just said, Austin, that you're playing IOI as a sax player. I really dig that sax solo. Hell, I dig the entire album. Scott, I'm tuned, you know, thrilled that you're tuned in. You know, it's funny because we are celebrating Paul Stanley's birthday. Paul Stanley. We had a great time talking to Gene Hunter from New York Fury. So we got a little bit of time left. How about Paul? Another song. Paul, what's what's the name of this song? Bulletproof.
the live Paul Stanley. Look, I'm going to send a shout out. Hannah Rogg just said that it's her favorite Paul Stanley song. You know, the author of We Will Blog You. And if you look on Hannah's Facebook, she's got bandit makeup on. I'm going to give a shout out to my brother. He just said, hey, look, my, I'm listening with our mom. And uh, we're tuned into the Kiss Room. So shout out. Obviously, uh, we've had a great show, great fun time. And I certainly do appreciate everybody that tuned in. So uh, we, we're going to go maybe one more song here for the Paul Stanley birthday bash. We'll wrap it up right after this on Monaco Radio, where music and minds meet.
All right, I'll tell you yeah. what, we're wrapping it up. Again, oh I'm gosh. thrilled. My phone is blowing up today more than ever with people <laughs> saying, hey, look, they really like that. That's my favorite song. Brandis said, "We you played so many of my favorite songs today. My mom is listening. My brother Anthony is listening. You know, we're having the best time ever. I really do appreciate it. We I mean, love look, our uncle Ed. You know, it's, it's the funnest thing for me is to be on the radio, and we will be back. Hopefully, now, look, all of you New York Fury fans who tuned in for the first time ever, who maybe are discovering the Kiss Room via, you know, tuning in to hear Gene Hunter, and we played some great songs off the new New York Fury album. If you go to NY. New York Fury, New York Fury Music. Dot com. There's links to, like he mentioned in the interview, there's links to his new album, the videos, all that great stuff. Great band. I really appreciate him calling in and sharing some Kiss stories. Um, but I really do appreciate everybody tuning in. It's great fun. We should be back to our typical second Friday of February, which would be February 10th. So probably Ooh. everybody getting ready for Valentine's uh, Day. All you lovers, wouldn't you love to start the weekend with hello, a Kiss lovers. Room? You know, look, you can come into the Kiss Room. It doesn't cost you a fortune on valentine's day weekend it's nice so look that's coming up obviously look we we mentioned this last month but obviously you got rock and pod in nashville coming up in march okay so go to rock the letter n pod.com it's march 17th to the 19th and of course it is the ultimate weekend gathering for music artists podcast vendors and fans there's also Keel Fest, so obviously every Keel. that's a Kiss fan knows the connections to Keel. They add guests every day. Okay, oh. now go to the Facebook page and follow the the Rock and Pod Facebook because every time there's an announcement, you know it's posted there first. That's fantastic. But mostly you want to hang with. Look, if you enjoy what we do here, or whether it's Harem, or whether it's you know the Metal Summit, or whether whoever's podcast you like, chances are your favorite podcaster is going to be there. We all have the most fun time. To me, that's the fun part. I want to see all my friends that I get out of the house once a year to go see down in Nashville. Can't wait. Shout out Chris Sinzak for uh. working so hard hard to create a party that we get to all come to and it's going to be a blast so go to rock the letter n pod expo.com get your tickets you're going to have as much fun as we will bobby any last words before we wrap it up so i'm just going to ask people throw some suggestions since it's valentine's day dude i got a couple ideas of what i want i like <laughs> Doing harem as a theme, and like I said, I am the party in the parking lot before the kiss room. So, man, I love coming up with something creative. You know, whether it's uh, you wanting to sip your Bartles and James, or you know, that sounds dirty. <laughs> but you know, it's Valentine's Day. Do I yeah. go with '80s love theme, or do I go? Hmm. I don't know. Somebody throw me some suggestions. I love doing themed. So remember, harem. tune in at two o'clock on that Friday for harem. Three o'clock will be the kiss room. We'll have the best fun time. Of course. You know, so just think next month. Okay. Now look again, Gene Hunter. Thanks a million for calling in New York Fury. All your fans. Thanks for tuning in. That was fantastic. Bobby. Thanks a million. That was a ah. blast. Dude, I'm, I'm so, and wait, I got to give a, a quick shout out. You know, uh, I know he's busy. Uh, Matt Starr, love you. Thank you so much for everything. Some yeah. really cool stuff. Everybody go hit Matt Starr's page right now. He is offering, if you are an Ace Freely fan, the new drum head. He is 
personalizing, wow. selling on his site. And uh, it's amazing. It's the new logo for Ace Freely. A lot of people that saw Matt this year, whether it was with Ace or whether it was with Gary, Gary Howie, he's out there playing. Uh, yeah. He's a, that's a phenomenal drummer. Incredible. And a heck of a guy. Again, Rock and Pod, we go down. We got Jeremy Kong, you know. Can't it, wait. It's going to be a we'll party. Do a, we'll do a full Rock and Pod kind of uh, preview when we in February because I want you all to really uh, be as psyched up for that as we are. But also, you look, you got to start making travel plans. It's spring break here at Motco during that time. So uh, we'll be we're uh, headed down. Dude, we're, we're ready to we go. We got our flights. We got our car. We're getting ready for our hot chicken. We're going to go to Loveless <laughs> Cafe when we land. But we'll have bacon with apples on a stick. <laughs> oh, okay. Yes. Hey, look, everybody, look. I just want to say thank you for tuning in. I love you all, and I'll talk to you again next month right here in the Kiss Room on Monaco Radio, where music and minds meet. You have been one hell of an audience tonight. Why don't you give yourselves a round of applause? tell you something you know a lot of bands like to brag about their fans now naturally you better believe we brag about you but we want you to know something we want you to know we know that you are our fans but don't you ever forget we are your fans we love you Thank you for listening to The Kiss Room. Stay tuned to Montco Radio. Any last minute crazy things you want to say to conform with expectations? But I will say something to anybody out there that's, you know, the weird guy or the weird girl that always has the weird things that they do that their friends put them down for. Don't think it's so weird. Maybe someday somebody will let you give you the chance to make a living out of it. You just stick to it. You'd be weird. <laughs> <laughs>